It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As a diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or John, no idea what's going on. I can't pay attention at any good rate. Looks for parishioners, old ladies, and ushers. I guess I'll throw some extra bucks in the collection plate. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for. It's all right, cause I'm all set for. It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday. Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. My co-host is Jeff Trailer. Jeff, you got an email there? Yeah, I was wrapping one up uh, real fast. <laughs> Good. Thanks. I, didn't, it's always I don't want to interrupt you too much on the podcast here. Just, yeah, let's wrap up your email. Uh, well, who is you listen, recording two podcasts and having two jobs, uh, or recording a podcast and having two jobs has been, has has started to become a bit overwhelming for me, Scotty. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry. Right. Uh, we're excited to welcome our first, uh, I, I believe this is our first outside of the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, Pastor, Priest, Father John Miskin. How are you, Father John? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. How how did you get wrapped into this? How did Jeff get you on the podcast here? Oh, as only He Jeff... doesn't know. Nobody ever knows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming somebody's offering this as penance it... out there, but... <laughs> It all happens so fast, you know. You shake a guy's hand, and all of a sudden, you're you're talking to him on a podcast. It seems how today's world goes nowadays. But no, Father Father Peter Marshall is a very good friend of mine. Uh, we met um, when I was in seminary. So yeah, it's it's a hard life. It's a, it's talk about a bit of a penance for me. But uh, it was it was recently Father Peter Marshall's birthday. Did you know that? I, I did. Uh, I, I you know I, why Scott knows that. Tell me why. Because it's a Scott's birthday too. Oh my gosh! Now you're just begging for for a happy birthday. I'm waiting. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 happy birthday! Happy birthday, Father Peter! <laughs> yes, happy birthday, Father Peter! <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. So, uh, Jeff, you ready to go through the two minute drill? I'm. I would love to. Are we All ready right. to roll? All right. Yeah, I need it. Because last week I was I was not only busy and distracted, I was also late to mass with a with a newborn. Uh, we 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 tried to get there on time, but I was I was late last week. We had to be ushered to the front by the by the usher. We were ushered to the front by the usher. That's oh, that's why they call them that. That yes. Um, <laughs> we're just going. We're right. We're, pre dumb questions is just dumb observations. We're we're all over this. We we got to the front and they almost had to turn us around because he didn't realize that the lector was actually sitting in that pew. Uh, so we got all to the front and he's like, "Oh crap, we got to turn." I was like, "Well, actually, we're just going to sit right there because our friends, the Millers, who we're already in a bubble with, are in that pew. So we just sat by them." That was good. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, you can try harder to get to mass on time this week. But if not, two minute drill. It's the fourth Sunday in Easter. Um. I'm going to call this John Sunday. Why? Because here, well, we have Father John. There we go. On oh, the there we podcast. go. First reading is from Acts. That's John. He wrote that. 
Um, and then our second reading is from John and our gospel is from John. And okay. the responsorial psalm is referred to in the first reading, also from John. So we're going to call this John Sunday, not Johnson Day, but John Sunday. So um, our first reading comes from Acts chapter 4. Uh, this tells us that the good we do is in the name of Jesus. That that the things that we do that are good is in the name of Jesus because, and then it refers back to the Old Testament, to the Psalms, and says, the stone rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Referring to Jesus as that stone, that rejected stone that became the cornerstone. Just nice like, callback. thank you. Oh, it, it continues. Um, and that that's how we get saved. There's no one else. There's no other name. There's no other way. Jesus, that's how we get saved. Uh, the response to a psalm then, in the word of, of callbacks, is the stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. I wouldn't qualify this as a banger, uh, but I always hear this as being chanted. I think it would be a great, it's a great chanted. Like there's a good cadence. I know chant by nature gives a good cadence, but I think this one just has a nice good uh, cadence. So the stone that is rejected has become the cornerstone or, Scott. Hallelujah. There it is. And uh, second reading comes from the first letter of John, of one John. And in the second reading, he tells us that we are the children of God. The world doesn't know this yet, but we are. And one day we will know what that actually means and how that's going to play out and everything uh, when Jesus comes. But until then, we should just take solace in knowing we are the children of God and that God will, will reveal that to us in the end. And then in our gospel, um, the gospel comes from uh, the gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf catches and scatters them. This is because he works for pay and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know mine and mine know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. As I have other sheep that do not belong into this fold, that these also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, no problem. Father John, I don't think I, I asked you this, and if you did mention it, I'm sorry. What what diocese are you from? No, you're good. You didn't even get there. <laughs> where, do, where do you go? Uh, you're yeah. like, not Archindy. Here we go. You're not from here. <laughs> There's... Uh, no, I, uh, Diocese of Little Rock. I'm at a, uh, two parishes, uh, St. Raphael in Springdale, Arkansas. And then St. Joseph in a town called Tawny Town. So, yeah, down in Arkansas. All right. Do you guys have the name of that town? Uh, Tawny Town. Yeah, Tawny Town. T-O-A-N-T-I-T. Yeah, (laughs) Tawny Town. And then Springdale, which people refer to as Chickendale uh, because it's connection to to Tyson Tyson Chicken. It's it's where it's. So we got Chickendale and Tawny Town. That doesn't even sound real. It's Little Rock Tawny, like. Just, it sounds like a fairy tale. <laughs> it is. It, Little Rock, Tiny Town, and Chickenville. <laughs> Arkansas is the best kept secret uh, in America, I, I like to say. 
Yeah, uh, that was you obviously guys, you guys you, have, you're uh, revealing all kinds of secrets to it. Yeah, yeah, you you know already too much. You guys know too much already. Do you guys have homilies down there in Arkansas? Homilies. Yeah. Uh, on occasion, usually every Sunday, yeah. uh, and during okay. during the week, usually too. Um, pretty much at every. I mass. was going to say not daily. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much every mass. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not required at daily mass. It's, that's it's that's not. a fact, right? That is correct. It's not required, but. I think there's a, a reasonable expectation uh, that that people have. I hear many many priests d- during Lent, though I hear don't don't preach. Um, allow it to be a little bit more meditative for for people who are coming during the week. So they sounds like up, an excuse not to write a homily. They give up they, preaching for Lent. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's a little penance. You like know? when my kids say my kids say they <laughs> want to give up vegetables for Lent. <laughs> right. I'm not well, saying, Father John. What do you? Uh, Go ahead. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I give up preaching for, for Lent, but I've heard priests do that. Yeah, those other priests. Yeah, those, those yeah. others. Yeah. <laughs> Never done it here. Well, uh, what are you thinking about preaching on this weekend? Yeah. Got, I feel like you got all sorts of material to pull from here. This is a this is a great weekend of readings. Yeah, we have some all-time classic images from uh, of Jesus in, in these readings. We have him as the cornerstone. We have him as the sheep gate. We have Jesus, the Good Shepherd. There's all sorts of images to kind of pull from uh, this week that can kind of lead us into some some good meditations. Um, something that I like to kind of keep in mind just from the top is that um, where we are kind of liturgically in the year, uh, because we've spent three weeks after the resurrection uh, just talking about kind of the fallout after the resurrection. We've been hearing about the doubts and confusion and joy of the disciples and mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene. Um, this is the first reading that we have that doesn't deal with after the resurrection, but it goes back before, uh, during Jesus's life and ministry to kind of talk about, explain who Jesus is and what the resurrection means for us. So I think that's just an important place to kind of start. Well, who is Jesus and who, what does the resurrection mean to us? <laughs> Excellent I mean, question. we know, but go ahead and tell us for other people. <laughs> well, excellent questions. Uh, so this image, <laughs> you guys, you guys are just putting some softballs up here. My gosh! Listen, this is the kind of deep thinking content people are counting for on our podcast. <laughs> Who is Jesus? You know, who's Jesus, and why did he rise from the dead? Uh, no, I mean this this image of of the good shepherd. I think, uh, and especially Jesus as the sheep gate uh, is important. Um, Jesus came so that he could call to find the lost sheep, who is us, the, the faithful, of course. Uh, and Jesus is, is, is calling us, leading us through the, through the gate, leading us to the pasture that is heaven. Uh, and so um, the purpose of his life and ministry is to call so that he can lay down his life for us, uh, that we may enter into, through the sheep gate, uh, into paradise, into heaven. And so uh, this the story is trying to kind of relate just kind of that basic understanding of who Jesus is that he suffered died and rose again for us his sheep uh, that we may enter into uh, his pasture in heaven. Okay, uh, pre dumb question, dumb question. 
because I keep looking at this here. So you're talking about the sheep gate, and I know this reference from when we've talked about it before. But where are you getting that? Where are you finding that in these readings? Like, where does it talk about this idea of the sheep gate? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, the it's not a dumb. You you, you call all your questions dumb. I, I they're they're actually really good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm don't hold your breath, Father. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, this is early. It's, it's early yet, uh, but we just asked what the resurrection is. Well, so that's, well, that's fair. I mean. I mean, it takes some kind of faith to understand that. If you, you're not going to get there by reason alone, so it's not a dumb question. Anyway, uh, this sheep gate. <laughs> uh, the sheep gate. Uh, yeah, have you on more often if you're just going to really build us up? Uh, yeah, I, you guys. I, I hear some of your guests like really put you guys down. So I feel like I, I feel like you, you can be really. <laughs> you could use some self some yeah. esteem, you know. <laughs> I'm going to guess those ones don't listen to these episodes. No, um, <laughs> almost guaranteed not. <laughs> um, no, no, sheep. Gate, yeah, the me. sheep gate. Uh, so um, this we'll see the image of that sheep gate directly preceding this this reading for today, from what I understand. Um, mm -hmm. ah, so give it. us some some context to this to this reading. Um, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees uh, comparing himself as the good shepherd as compared to Pharisees as the bad, these bad shepherds or these hired uh, people uh, that are looking over his sheep. Um, so, and then he kind of goes on and talk to as the sheep fold, the sheep gate, kind of giving us these images of, of shepherd and sheep. Yeah. Interesting. I, I read this reading and I couldn't help to think like just how much, spirituality has changed from the time before I became a father to the time after I became a father and just realizing the absurd and crazy radical things that you'll do out of love for your children that you haven't had that experience before makes you realize the way that God loves us. And the way that we would do that for our children is a way that God is going to love us. And just like reading these readings and the way that Jesus would lay down his life, uh, you know, the good shepherd lays down his life for uh, his flock is like, just, you know, it's what you would do for your family. And that's what God does for you. And I don't know, like, I, I almost start, like, I almost got like emotional reading this the first time this morning, just because it's so fresh, like having a, a brand new baby. There's nothing more precious than holding a, a you know, six, seven pound uh, infant. And even in like those tender moments of the night and that intimacy that, that, that lies within that is, I don't know. It just made me realize that I'm loved that way too, that God loves me that way. My parents love me that way. And it's a reciprocal type of love. Yeah. I think often we have this image of God and it's not wrong that he's so transcendent and so much above us and almost unrelatable because of that. But you're right. I think these readings allow us to see God in a very intimate and close way. Uh, our second reading, um, as, as our, our two minute drill pointed out to us, uh, said, uh, that we are, we, we are, you're yeah, welcome. thank you. Uh, we're called children of God. That's a, it's a proper image of us to be called children of God and to us to look at, at to God as our father. Uh, and just as you're saying that intimacy that, that arises between a father loving his child, uh, as opposed to a babysitter, uh, looking after, after right. your kid, you know, uh, that's kind of like an interesting kind of analogy that we can make to this, this readings. Like 
Jesus is is the good father, uh, uh, and the 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 bad shepherds are like these babysitters. They, they're the hired shepherds, you know. Uh, they're babysitters who look after your sheep, who who probably do a fine job, but they're not gonna lay down their life, you know, for the for the for the kid. Uh, or we hope so. But I hope we're not. Our apologies to any babysitters. Yeah, any babysitters. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't mean to. <laughs> Jeff, how old is uh, my daughter Charlotte is ten. She's ten. So la- last year, Charlotte uh, cracked me up. We were we were our kids were playing outside, and Charlotte was kind of watching after our son Dominic for a few minutes, and he was being resilient as he always is, and doing the exact opposite of what a ten year old was telling him to do. And, and and she walked away and goes, "Not my kid, not my problem." <laughs> But yeah, similar concept. Not, there, like. not necessarily the good scenario. Um, not the bad one either. Just yeah, not her yeah, problem. Just yeah. If a wolf comes, you know, like, well, they're not my sheep. Uh, I don't, I, I don't really mind. <laughs> no, Maybe I, dad, I had lazy butt and go. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Yeah, maybe maybe she was a shepherd, but to you, she was shepherding Ooh. you to care for your own child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thanks. <laughs> that's a good spin. I uh, I had yeah. I'm just trying not to sound like a bad dad in this scenario. Um, <laughs> I had similar thoughts to what you were talking about, Scott, of like how these readings built, especially from that second reading, like. From going from talking about the rejection of the rejected stone coming becoming the cornerstone, right, and like seeing how we can be recognized even even when we feel rejected and put off to the side, that we can become this great piece of God's. Like while it's referring to Jesus, like that that image is there for us too. And then we see, um, in the second reading, the idea of we are God's children and like in cornerstones in that way, and then building to the, the bad shepherd and good shepherd are those two images in there. Um, but I started thinking about it also from the context of like through the, the love I've experienced in my marriage and the love I've experienced of my children. It's also made me much more aware of how I care for like the rest of humanity. Mm. Right. Mm. Like in that sense of like understanding the love and like laying down my life for my spouse and that the idea that like, like Scott, you were talking about holding your children, but I remember distinctly a moment like holding uh, my oldest daughter when she was a baby and looking at her and just being like, I would kill for you. Like I would do that if I had to, like, I don't want to necessarily, but like I for sure would do it. And having, and realizing at that moment, like, I don't know that I could have acted like I could have said that to other people, but I don't know that I understood what that meant. And I think that like, as I've gotten older as well, I've seen that like that, plays out to recognizing other people as God's children and the idea of how we protect them and care for the rest of the world as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What made you make that flip? The what? Like just the flip from like your own children to seeing it. it I think the the idea of like, I want others, like I can't be the only one who has that, sort of protection and and defense for my children in the Mm -hmm. world we live in. I need more than one shepherd. Like 
I need many, many people <laughs> shepherding the, my flock. And so I want to be that for others as well. I want to be, whether that's other people's kids or in working in a high school, like that gives me that context as well. But for those in my faith community, for those, for your son, for like those who I'm around and, and with, I want people to know that I have that love and care and respect for them and, and who they are. And even those I don't know that yeah. they are God's children and God loves that child the exact same amount or infinitely more than I love my own child. And if he cares about them that much, and I know he cares about me that much, I should probably care about them some, if that makes yeah. any sense. I can't remember what that book was, but there's something along the lines of like every child needs five uh, adult mentors in their lives to, I mean, that, that seems like it's a really practical way of thinking of that way. You know, I, I was trying to think of like, you know, who are the five, five people in my kid's life or, you know, how can I, but yeah, thanks for, thanks for doing that, Jeff. Hey, boy. I'm happy to be one of those. Yeah. This, I would for sure kill for your kids. They're hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I will punch someone in the throat for your children, Jeff. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so what are you going to do with all that father? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that your homily this weekend? Yeah. I pre pretty yeah. much. I've ever been ready to punch somebody in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> I just say, you know, parents, you get this, you know, you'd kill people. <laughs> That's I mean, I mean, Arkansas, uh, am I right? Well, we're all related uh, anyway, so we really have that kind of feeling. <laughs> oh man. Oh, what else we got? Well, I think you guys are touching Maybe on something, uh, something interesting. I I find with what, when you say like you're feeling this kind of turn, this call to, to love others in, in a very, in, in this way as well, to draw them into relationship with, with, with Jesus uh, and realize that they're loved as a child as well. I think that's an important part of this gospel as well, uh, because remember it's revealing who Jesus is and, and who we are in relation to him. Uh, and I, I find a really uh, important call to, to priests and lay people who share in, in, in the priestly ministry uh, through their bap through the call and their baptism, like what your role is towards others in this, because it, the gospel says very specifically that that Jesus is the good shepherd. Like we're we're not the shepherd. We're not the ones who are say obstructing people from coming to pasture. We're not the ones that are dividing the sheep from the goats. Um, we're we're the sheep, and actually uh, priests. My my bishop has this beautiful image. Uh, when he talks about this gospel, he says, priests uh, are not the shepherd. Priests are the sheepdogs. Uh, we're the ones uh, running I, running okay. out uh, into the fields, guiding and, and drawing them towards the shepherd, listening to the shepherd's voice and commands uh, and pointing them to the shepherd, uh, but not the ones in charge. You know, we're not the ones doing the calling or, or, or shepherding, you know. And I think that's an important, that's yeah, awesome. it's, I think it's an important image for us uh, in our evangelization and the way that we think about church is not, we're not the ones building the gate or, or guarding it saying who can come in and who can come out. We're the ones who are trying to just bring as many people to the gate as possible and let the shepherd do the work of healing, of dividing, uh, of, of his work as shepherd. So just, you have totally transformed this gospel. <laughs> That's a really good answer. So just be a dog. Nice. Go be a dog. Oh, that's awesome. In the in the wonderful words of the great theologian DMX, where my dogs at? <laughs> this is great. Um, R.I.P. Um, 
No, but like you say that, and then my brain starts going because sheep dogs they they move the sheep by by bumping into yeah. them, by nudging them, by nipping at their mm-hmm. ankles, like by barking. Like there is something about like those process that the process of like nudging and and like nipping yeah. at and annoying and like put like that a good pastor should do that. Yeah. They should be like a, a good pastor should be just slightly obnoxious before <laughs> Jesus. But but in the before yeah. Jesus, don't get me uh, wrong. Uh, I know some obnoxious ones. You referenced them earlier. Not always for Jesus, but no, I think you're right. I think uh, the nipping and nudging and kind of annoying is part of it. But you, you notice that it's not obstructing. It's not getting in the yeah. way. Uh, it's 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 going along with it, that. That's what I think Pope Francis talks about accompaniment. Uh, and that's that's what he's talking about. It's not it's not always just saying everything's okay, like do whatever you want, and and we're happy that you're here. There is some guidance and some nudging and and pushing even, um, but there's not obstructing. It's not saying you can't be here. That is the best connection to accompaniment I have ever heard, and I work in ministry where we've been talking about accompaniment for ten years, and that is the best ex- like metaphor i've ever heard for it thank you very much it's all due to my bishop so credit to where credit's due he 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 came up with that image of a sheepdog that's awesome can you get him on our podcast (laughs) i'll see what i can do i don't have that much i don't have that kind of clout though in in the diocese (laughs) i mean i didn't think i did either but we've had our archbishop twice so are we ready for some dumb questions jeff absolutely oh man here we go It's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. All right, Jeff, take it away. All right, Father John, how long, like, we were lucky enough to meet, we met and had dinner and you got to join our, we've talked on here about our Sunday dinner group and like that same type of gathering that Scott was talking about the wonderful wisdom that my daughter gave um, that you were able to have dinner with us and stuff. And so we got to meet you, but I didn't, we didn't get to like really dive in, but tell me how long have you been ordained? Yeah, I was, uh, uh, this is going on two years, uh, May 20, May oh. 25th will be my second anniversary. So yeah. So you're just a baby. Just a baby priest. priest yeah. Oh, that's great though. Thank you for your vocation. Oh, thank you. Um, if, if you weren't a priest, what do you think you would be doing? Right Man, now? I think that's an, a very important question, first of all, for, for people who are discerning. If, if you think you can only be a priest, uh, that's your only option, that's, that's, there's probably something wrong. So I think it's an important question to ask in discernment. Um, first off, I think that uh, outside of a job, I would definitely love to be a father, love to have kids. Um, of course, that means I should probably be married and, and, and have a fruitful relationship with, with, with a wife as well. Uh, so I'd see myself kind of with a family. Uh, job-wise, uh, I was really interested in uh, physical therapy, uh, kind of uh, how the body works and uh, and different kind of athletic sciences, kind of like that. So you're just a healer. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So okay, next question. Then you are at. Uh... What? check that one off that's yeah, good yeah okay, we did now. it yeah got it that was good i had you know that was good i don't i don't want to p- 
pick at you. Like you don't know any more about it than like this hypothetical you would be. But... I think that was a great answer. Um, all right. Your parishes, you said you have two parishes, uh, St. Raphael mm-hmm. and St. Joseph, correct? Mm-hmm. Let's start with what is it like to have a parish named St. Joseph in the year of St. Joseph? Oh, man. Like that's some like some nice like cheap cannon fodder for you in that for that second year as a priest. Like you can really like really lean into that. Oh, right? yeah. Well, I think the 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 parish itself is already uh, incredibly proud of its history and heritage. Uh, it's a great Italian uh, parish that kind of can, they can all trace back, of course, exactly where they're from and everything. So they're very proud uh, of their culture there. And it, it really has kind of just got a little shot in the arm, especially in this kind of down year um, to kind of bring us back and kind of like, okay, let's, let's kind of have some pride and, 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 and be present here at this church uh, where, where we're celebrating St. Joseph. So it's kind of been a really nice, uh, kind of pick me up after this kind of weird COVID year uh, has kind of separated us a lot. So I became a little bit aware of this this year, but can you explain to our listeners what the connection of St. Like people hear St. Joseph and they hear Italian communities. And I don't think they always like make that direct connection. Cause it's like spoiler St. Joseph was not from Italy, but can you explain the connection of St. Joseph to the Italian like heritage? Um, it's a really good question and it's not a dumb question because I, I, I don't know the answer. So I'd like to hear what you have to oh, say. I think I know. Yeah, Tell me about it. So, okay. So what I know of yeah. this and you don't know, so we're yeah. just going to presume this is right. And, Which uh, is what I could have done. What I, I know of this I'll be is, <laughs> yes, what, what I do know of this is at, in Italy, there was a huge, uh, famine that happened, I'm thinking early 1900s, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, somewhere in there, there was this massive famine and drought that happened. And so the people in Italy started praying to St. Joseph to help them with this famine. And when they did, then it rained for like 30 days or something like that. Like they got a ton of rain, their crops came in, they had this like these abundant harvests. So then every year on the Feast of St. Joseph, they do altars, the like the Italian yeah. communities will do an altar to St. Yeah. And then the altar to St. Joseph. We did one here at our school this year. We have a woman who teaches here who's Italian and really led the charge. But they're just beautiful. But they're covered with like lilies and statues. And then they bring in food. They oh, put course. bread out and they put like all kinds of like fresh food and everything on the altar. And it was right outside of my office. And anybody who has ever seen me, not just heard me on this podcast, knows that was quite a challenge in the middle of Lent um, because there was just food there all the time, and it was amazing. But that's what yeah. I know of that. I think that sounds great. Scott, and your face uh, looks it, like you want to tell me I'm wrong. Um, no, I, I read some of the words in uh, a quick Google search, and it seemed like it was somewhat – and I got distracted by some cannolis, and I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I think I'm right. Okay. Well, there you go, Father. Yeah, I pre- now, now go, I'm ready. Like connect with your your the Italian heritage in the yeah. parish. You probably should have done that before this year, but I'll <laughs> give you a pass. Um, all right, Saint Raphael. I've never heard of a parish named Saint Raphael. Really? Like, yeah. When I was emailing you, I was like, I, I, "That's a new one for me." Like, I don't ever remember hearing of one. Here's my Isn't question: Raphael, Raphael, Raphael. Uh, Raphael? It's, it's up to your interpretation. Either either works. I think Raphael is in the Ninja Turtles and Raphael is in the Bible. Uh, Raphael, yes, he is. He is a Ninja Turtle. So uh, the statue, the statuary really changes according to to which one, how you pronounce it. Uh, Both are heroes. Just one has a half shell. All right. 
So <laughs> you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but and it should be noted, Raphael also a famous artist. Oh uh, yeah, that was who the Ninja Turtle was for named the cult, after. For but those who are this Saint Raphael isn't. This Saint Raphael is an archangel, yeah. correct? I've always felt bad that St. Michael always gets referred to as St. Michael, the archangel, right? Like people say that and like, that sounds like a pretty BA title, right? Like you sound just intimidating, but like nobody ever says St. Raphael, the archangel. And I, I just, I had to like Google it to make sure it was the same one. And I just, I would just want to know your take on that. It's more, again, dumb observation. No, I think, I think you're right. St. Michael has his own prayer. St. Michael has his own, uh, like kind of devotion. Uh, we, we love St. Michael. He kind of gets all the credit as, as the archangel, but there are other archangels out there. Um, St. Raphael comes from, from the book of Tobit. He's referred to uh, in the Bible uh, and has like a very prominent role. Uh, but we, we really just don't, we don't really see him. He moved the healing yes, water. He's, he, yeah. Right? Didn't he move the water? Yes. He's, uh, he's, he's kind of like this archangel, like connected to healing. Um, whereas Michael is kind of, yeah, there we go again, just Here, like you, yes, there we go again. Uh, no, Michael, Michael kind of, uh, of course, the protector, uh, against evil. Um, we, we see St. St. Raphael with kind of this healing kind of charism to him. So, uh, isn't there a third archangel? Who's the third one? Oof, you guys. Oh no, there's seven archangels, yeah. but yeah, there's, there's plenty. There's, um, I want to say it's like Ar- Ariel. I don't want to say too many. Uriel, with U-R-I-E-L. With U-R-I-E-L. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's plenty of them out there. Okay. But St. Raphael is one. Well, or St. Raphael. How does one get elevated to an archangel instead of an an in a, a sub angel, a regular angel? Yeah, there I don't think that there's like promotions in the way that 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 you and I think of about them uh in in like relationship <laughs> with God. Uh, but kind of the different uh, the hierarchy of angels was kind of established um, back in creation. And so we have thrones and principalities and uh, angels and archangels. Uh, and they, they kind of refer to one, their kind of role, uh, their kind of job uh, in the heavenly host, uh, and also kind of their, their nearness and closeness in, like in relationship to God. Uh, and so we can kind of see St. Thomas Aquinas can talk about this way better than I can, of course, as he can do with most Get things. Him, uh, false. He actually can't. Well, he can't speak, but he can, he can, yeah. his words on a page can, can read better, read better than I could write. Uh, anyway, uh, but Scott, did you just say, let's get, yeah, let's get it on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, Heaven, uh, one image of heaven with kind of the heavenly host and the angels around him is kind of like the circles. Uh, and so uh, the heavenly host and the throne of God at the center with the archangels around him and then kind of the different levels kind of proceeding out from, from that way. Okay, so it's not like a uh, Monsignor situation where <laughs> you get a pay raise uh, and, and, on and, and you get a new cassock and all those. No, yeah. there's no, there's <laughs> nobody knows what you can do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're always good for a good Monsignor uh, pod shot on this podcast. Uh, I've always thought of Archangels as like the Navy SEALs. Oh, yeah. Of angels. Like if you, if like, you need something special done, you, you call on the Archangels. Like, yeah. And Archangels have, have names. Like they, they are referred to by name, whereas the angels are usually referred to as a communal right. group. So, all right. 
That's all, that's all I got for today because we're going to have Father John back, and I want to ask a whole lot more questions about Chickendale or whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, the, the nickname is Chickendale. It is just Springdale, though. Yeah. <laughs> got it. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Father John, Springdale, thanks for joining us. Oh, man. Uh, we'll see you next time. Maybe we'll come down to Chicken. Yeah, Park. yeah. Well, there's some, oh, road there's trip. some good Tyson chicken. We, record the pocket. we can record in the RV. This would be great. There we go. It's alright cause I'm on set for It's alright cause I'm on set for It's alright cause I'm on set for Sunday